Good morning. Hi. We should be. How are you, Carl? I'm all right. How are you doing? We should be festive because when we used to meet at a studio, one of our last times was Mardi Gras when they started shutting things down. And now, here it is, two years later, and Mardi Gras is back in Stuart this weekend. And here we are. Are you going by any chance? Uh, no, I have a hockey game on Friday night. And I have my daughter's uh, school auction that night. So I need to be of right mind to go to the auction so I don't spend money on stupid stuff. Well, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's a good cause, I guess. I get it. We'll talk fish fries and John Mulaney and comedy shows coming back to town in just a moment and around minute 17 we'll talk kimmy around minute 26 no exit around minute 27 studio 666 around minute 34 cyrano around minute 46 critics choice super awards around minute 53 american underdogs coming out on dvd and blu-ray and then around minute 54 the theater roundup well i'm in this week i have been in a Lenten fish fry mode because I I did a story for the Webster Kirkwood Times talking to the loyal and dedicated parishioners of six parishes uh, in the Webster Kirkwood area that are now preparing their fish fries because some are back to dining in and they all have little specialties. So that was really fun, but I have to return to trying out different fish fries because kind of for the last two years, I let that go. So do you and your family partake of the Lenten fish fries? Yes. Uh, my wife is allergic to fish, so we have to go to the fishless fish fries. Now, uh, my home parish is St. Gabriel the Archangel in St. Louis Hills. I've lived there since I was four years old. and they have things like spaghetti and cheese pizza and other things besides just fish. Because, you know, even if you get the French fries, those are still fried in the fish oil. So you got to watch out. But the spaghetti is not fried. So you're good with that. You're right. Well, I just found out that Annunciation Church in Webster Groves, they have pasta from Pietro's. Right. On their A lot of menu. People- a lot of people outsource because they just do the fish because it, they're using the school cafeteria. Yeah, well, it sounds like these people really go all out because they hand bread the cod, they make the coleslaw, and they make sweet honey hush puppies. But they're only going to have two fish fries, March 4th and April 8th, because that's all they can handle. But I talked to St. Peter's in Kirkwood. They make their own gooey butter cake and chocolate chip brownies besides hand bread the cod and they they're doing a new thing this year baked alaskan whitefish mm. with the panko parmesan and lemon zest topping which sounds awesome and then they have the usual i think they make their baked uh, macaroni and cheese and then saint mary magdalene in brentwood they have they're only doing drive through this year but they have baked salmon with dill sauce on the mm. side they offer fish tacos they call their cod their hand-breaded cod god's cod well of course now yes. that's a busy mary magdalene is that's a busy corner that's at the corner of manchester and brentwood so that is i understand why they do the drive-through they want people getting in and out of there they don't need people clogging up the roadways there Right. Well, they said they have a system now. And the the man in charge, he grew up in New Orleans and he makes seafood gumbo starting with his famous roux every Wednesday. But they have, you know, tweaked it to feed a crowd. But isn't that fun that they do different things? Getting back to live shows. Did you see that John Mulvaney's coming now to uh, Stiefel? Yes. No, it's not Stiefel. It's at Enterprise Center. Oh, It's going to be big. It's big. And uh, unfortunately, the last show that the last comedy show I saw at Enterprise Center was uh, Louis C.K. But we didn't know at the time. Well, maybe we did. But uh, 
No, that it was rumor, but that was the last one. And what I remember about that show, unfortunate as it was, he was one of the few artists that said, put your cell phones away. You can't bring cell phones to the show. And, and he ne- also never gave tickets to the media, just FYI. Um, I do not I like doing that. No. I don't know how I got tickets then because I know I didn't pay for them. Well, maybe radio stations were different back in the day. I haven't been to a, a comedy show for so long that, yeah. Well, I saw, I, I will say when my son Tim was in the womb and I was working at the St. Louis Globe Democrat, I went to the new Westport Playhouse and saw mm-hmm. an evening of comedy that was introduced by Larry Bud Melman. And our friend J.C. Corcoran was there. Yes. And uh, Jerry Seinfeld was the last comedian on the roster, but he wasn't even known then. He had been on The Tonight Show. But this is pre-Seinfeld. So well, that's, that's what I that's what one of the things I love about J.C. He doesn't care for the Seinfeld television show, but he loves Jerry's stand up. So the. And and I understand that. I know some people did not care for the Seinfeld show. I know most people loved it, but some people, it was not a very warm and friendly show. No, well, it's really Larry David. If you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, you hear Larry David. Right. And so Larry is proud of his prickliness. But you hear that voice of all the characters. But Jerry Seinfeld in his early stand-up was so funny and usual and he had a suit on and 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 he did the thing about his parents moving to florida and then the socks and the dryer and all that airplane stuff and all that but i will say his netflix show the 23 hours to kill now that he's married and a dad and and all that is hilarious so we're actually the same age and the 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 cold open of him doing the James Bond stuff is very funny. Yes. So if you want to catch up on comedy shows, one of my favorites, Mike Birbiglia has quite a few shows on Netflix and And movies. Yes. And so does Jim Gaffigan. Now, Jim Gaffigan, most of his stuff is on Amazon prime though. Or, but Jim, Jim Gaffigan has been around long enough that he is on a lot of things. I mean, he's probably got some Netflix. He's probably got some Amazon Prime. I think for a while he was exclusively on Amazon Prime, but he has so many specials. He had so many Comedy Central specials, too. So I'm sure he's on Paramount Plus as well. I know. So, well, it's it's good to laugh. It's really good to laugh. Well, some people don't like John Mulaney anymore because he became a milkshake duck for some people because they thought he was so nice and wholesome and had a great marriage and then... You know, life happens. Well, um, uh, addiction uh, is a terrible thing. When he wrote for Saturday Night Live, he developed a drug problem. And uh, he was clean and sober for a while. And then he wasn't fell off the wagon. That will take its toll on a marriage. That's all I got to say. But he is back on SNL this week. Uh, SNL is back. And yeah. uh, the they've given the lineup for the next couple of shows and Oscar Isaac is going to host. Has he ever hosted before? I can't uh, recall. Um, I think he did. I thought he did host. Well, I thought that already happened. Of, he's got a lot of projects coming up. Dune part two, hopefully. Oh no, they've already said it's going to happen. <laughs> well, I just saw first look at Oppenheimer yesterday, the new Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got, uh, speaking of Batman, that's the the big Dark Knight trilogy of Christopher Nolan. But after that, they moved on to the Justice League with Ben Affleck as Batman. Mm-hmm. And then now Robert Pattinson, we are supposed to have first look at him. The Batman. Uh, this is, the- this will, I'm sorry. This is Oscar Isaac's first time on Saturday Night Live and Zoe Kravitz first time as well so well i have a zoe kravitz movie to talk about i know uh oscar isaac is gonna i mean he's done a lot you know he's got moon knight coming out and he was just in oscar nominated dune and yes i was sorry to interrupt you go ahead 
No, and the card counter, which he and nearly got counter. nominated for. And he hasn't been nominated, has he? I don't think I don't, so. I don't believe so. No. And he also was in HBO's Scenes from a Marriage, which he is nominated for. And the Screen Actors Guild Awards are Sunday night. And that's one of my favorites because it's just actors. And it is uh, the uh, TV and movie. And mm -hmm. they don't do best picture, but they do best ensemble. And that oftentimes is a foreshadowing of the Oscar winner, but not necessarily because it's ensemble. So I'm wondering if Coda is going to do well Sunday night. Hmm. I hope so. I, I love Coda. Uh, he has been, he made a cameo last year. I knew I know. I knew I saw him on Saturday Night Live. He had a cameo. Last year on my birthday, on October 3rd, 2021, he had a cameo on Saturday Night Live. That was the Jason oh. Sudeikis. That was the Jason Sudeikis episode. So, uh, that, okay. so he was on, but he was not. I mean, he just made a cameo. Okay. That but so did cousin Greg, didn't he? Or no, well, no, he was Greg. he well, he was on What's Up with that. No, cousin Greg, didn't he host? Uh no. Oh no! He hasn't but, hosted, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he yes. was in what's yeah, up Nicol with Nicholas Brun. Yes, he was. They were in what's up with that, with Fred Armisen, Oscar Isaac, Emily Ratajkowski, and Nicholas Braun. And that's such a goofy. That's such a goofy recurring skit, but it was really funny. <laughs> yes. So that that um, Oscar Isaac, I knew he was on. He just sat there and didn't have to say anything. No. Well, cousin Greg is now on the Uber Eats commercial with Jennifer uh, Coolidge. Yes. So Cousin Greg's getting around. I love just calling him Cousin Greg because now he's in the pop culture lexicon. And instead of Nicholas Braun, everybody knows he is right. Cousin Greg. Well, I love you know, that. We've talked for now 20 minutes without talking about any films. So I know. Well, we got to go. Do you want to do you want to talk uh, about your Zoe Kravitz movie? Yeah, sure. It is on HBO and it's one of Steven Soderbergh's quick get it out movies the last couple of years he is the oscar winner for traffic and known for the oceans 11 movies but the last couple of years he has made all sorts of digital movies very quickly and he handles on this one called kimmy he handles his own camera work and editing so it's like he is Mr. Expedient. He is Mr. Efficient. It's thing gets out. Now, what's interesting about Kimmy is the screenplay is by David Kep, who wrote Panic Room, another paranoid thing about technology. Well, David Kep is like in the top 10 uh, screenwriters, most successful screenwriters. He's I know Jurassic Park. Right. And he wrote some of the later uh, Indiana Joneses. Yeah, he Jurassic Park. And uh, he did uh, the first two. He did Crystal Skull. He did uh, Mission Impossible, Spider-Man, uh, Angels and Demons. So he's done a lot of huge, huge blockbusters. Yes. So this is the premise. Oh, and this uh, you have to you have to say, well, which Spider-Man? It was. Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man in 2002. Right. He worked with Sam Raimi. Right. Yes. So this one is about paranoia with technology and the intrusiveness of modern technology. Smart tech is supposed to connect us all better and make our lives more efficient. But this kind of flips it to what, what about these virtual assistants like Alexa and... Siri, Siri. And so we have Kimmy and, and hey, Kimmy, hey, Google, don't forget. Hey, Google. OK, well, Kimmy, always when you go, Kimmy, she says, I'm here. Which is a tip off. So Zoe Kravitz is the lead and she's an, an agoraphobic and OCD. OK. She is not a pleasant person, a very 
prickly and uh, she lives in this huge loft in Seattle. And uh, the pandemic has made her worse in terms of not wanting to go outside. There's a really great tracking shot of when she eventually has to get out there to share information. And it, it's it's frightening just how she goes in the world with her mask. Now, Steven Soderbergh is one of the first people to address the pandemic because she leaves with a mask on. People have been isolated with COVID. So what she does, she is what's called a virtual stream assistant. And they're trying to make this technology more efficient. So she sits at her computer station all day uh, being the fixer of problems, trying to make Kimmy more accessible to people and finding out the glitches and what's not understood, that kind of thing. So it's very high tech. And I think personally, movies where you're watching a lot of screens, even texting, because now films always show people texting. Well, and, and some so of them is, do it more creatively than others. Right. So this one, because obviously Steven Soderbergh knows how to do all this bells and whistles jazz. So, you know, it's fine. It's just that she's at a computer for a long time and she's agoraphobic, except a, 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 a friend with benefits comes over once in a while. Oh, good. Yes. And Zoe has a blue hair bob. Oh. So. This is a rather unusual because she's going to be Catwoman in Bat, the the Batman, right? And she has had some high profile uh, things in the re in the last recent years. She was in Mad Max as Fury Road as one of the kept women, and she also was in Big Little Lies on HBO in a very well, prominent role. She was also in Divergence, and she's in the uh, Fantastic Beats. She's a Lestrange. So she, her character didn't grab me. And for a movie like this, you have to have a, a good grab. But basically, this is a rear window meets the conversation mashup. We okay. have uh, apartment buildings, people looking into each other's apartment buildings, guy with binoculars. We have this. She thinks... Her, her name is Angela Childs. She takes a lot of pills. She thinks she has heard a crime committed on her air. You know, Siri picked up this Kimmy. sexual assault. Kimmy. Did I say Kiri? You <laughs> said Siri. Go ahead. Siri. Kimmy. Kimmy picked up this sexual assault, she thinks, or maybe worse, and she goes through this whole process of trying to hear. You remember the movie Blowout, which I love, Brian Palma's thing about the sound. It's like when John Travolta kept going back with the sound. Right. Or the so conversation to with Gene Hackman. Yeah, she's trying to isolate the sound. She goes to a higher up where, so now we start the bad people, the good people are bad people, the bad people are maybe good people. That whole territory here, who do you trust? You're going to people with information that maybe you shouldn't be giving them. And Rita Wilson has a small role as a corporate yes woman who is trying to get the information out of her in a nice way. And uh, that's interesting. Hmm. because she makes her come to her office so that's when she has to go outside and, and do the uh, and it's very frightening so to me this movie ramps up paranoia and it also makes it's really not the technology but it's the people behind the technology that might have ulterior motives the big head guy as you know, it's more about the corporate suits that are not to be trusted. Yeah. And uh, this guy doesn't want anything interrupting them going on an IPO in a few days. Ah. So he wants her to ditch this tape. But then this other guy helps her get it. She watches it. It's really horrible. 
like a snuff film. I'm just going to say that. So that's very grisly to watch. But it's only 90 minutes. On Metacritic, it says 149 minutes. So I don't know where they got that because it's only on 90 minutes. It's on HBO Max. Steven Soderbergh has been going this route with the streaming because he did No Sudden Move, remember? Mm-hmm. And then he did he did that movie about pills and, and stuff. But he's also done all sorts of different projects the last couple of years. He did The Laundromat. He did uh, that the cruise ship one. That oh, with Meryl let, him, let them all talk. Yeah. So he's been busy. He's just flying through these pandemic uh, times with uh, making these movies. So knocking them out. It's, it's interesting. I don't necessarily, I wasn't as captivated with it as other people. I just, I mean, I don't think it's, it's new except with the technology setting, but it really is. He's trying to be Hitchcock with the, with the, yeah, you but know, he's, he's always it. wanted to be Hitchcock. Right. Well, I did not see no exit. That's on Disney Plus, And that's that's a oh, is it Disney Plus or Hulu? I think it's, it's Hulu, Hulu Friday it's Hulu it's because Hulu Friday. because it's got children in peril and they're not going to put that on Disney Plus. No, uh, it's on Hulu. Well, they made a big fanfare about sending it to us, but they didn't actually say oh you can only watch it last weekend and so i went to watch it it was like oh okay yeah that's that's about uh they're trapped at a resort and they find a child in a car and they have to find out who has kidnapped this child because all these people are trapped at a, at with no exit at a, at a i guess a ski lodge or something like that and that's all just going from memory. I'm not even looking that up. That's what I know about the movie. And I said, eh, I don't think so. Well, next I'll watch it this weekend and uh, we can report next weekend. Carl, uh, this is the time of year where you and Max Boise, our, our colleague, mm-hmm. like to talk about all the horror movies that come out because it's either the, the prestige films that we still have to see or the ones they're unloading because they just have product they got to get out of the the way and then the horror movies and you saw a new horror movie that after you told me what you thought i thought maybe i'll just wait on this let's see well i described it in four words to you and i said well let's see so this is called it's called studio 666 it's based on dave grohl's story and then he had some professional writers write it up and it is very, uh, I'm, I'm looking up the words I used. Oh, here they are, Lynn. Um, Studio 666 is dumb, vulgar, violent, and silly. It will either be a dud or a cult classic. Now, and here, here's why. It's, it's nearly two hours long. It's 106 minutes. And most really good horror movies are right around 90 minutes. And, and, And we've discussed this before. If a movie is great, it doesn't matter how long it is. This movie has a lot of promise to it. And as as I'm saying, it's either going to be a cult classic or it's just going to go away. Foo Fighters fans will probably like this unless they're offended by language. The very first scene has Jenna Ortega. Uh, crawling on the floor with a bone sticking out of her leg. So if that also does not appeal to you, that may be, this movie might not be for you. So it features all six of the Foo Fighters working on their 10th album. And they actually did do this. They, the house that they have uh, chosen to film this, they actually did film and record their 10th album in this house. They're like, oh, so while Dave was there, he's like, this is really spooky. So he came up with this story. So all six Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl, Taylor Hawkins, Nate Mendel, Pat Smear, Chris Shiflett, and the new Foo Fighter, Rami Jeffy, who's been with the band for a long time as a touring musician. They finally actually have made him a an official member of Foo Fighters now. He's so, the one from Smashing Pumpkins or from... Um, from uh, No Doubt or... Uh, no, 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 no. He... He was a he was a wallflower. Oh, okay. He was a wallflower. He was in he was in Jacob Dylan's band, The Wallflowers. Okay, because one of them looked really familiar, but I hadn't seen him with 
Foo Fighters. And uh, um, that, well, is this like uh, the famous group, The Band? They yeah. did an album. House, from uh, Big songs Pink, from Big Pink. Yeah. Which was this house that they recorded in out east. And that became super famous. Mm-hmm. And you uh, two took a sh- chateau in France and did the unforgettable fire yeah. there. So this is not a uh, precedent where a band goes to uh, a different place to record to get their focus. Oh, in the in the Queen movie, which takes creative license a lot. It, they go they went to a a manor well see the the story behind the house is in the 90s a band uh were at this house and the entire band died and the lead singer killed himself and killed the rest of the band members because they went crazy in this house and now 30 years later the same things happening to foo fighters it's not Whoa. the Foo Fighters. It's Foo Fighters. So and it has a great. It's uh, there are a lot of cameos in this. Whitney Cummings probably did a couple days of work. Will Forte probably did one day of work. Jeff Garland probably did a couple days. Leslie Grossman did a couple days. Jenna Ortega probably did one or two days of work. It's. It, I mean, you can tell that these guys love the band. That's why they're doing this. It is. Very, very vulgar. If you don't like hearing the F words, I mean, and that's how these guys just talk. If you've heard interviews <laughs> with them, they 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 drop the F bomb a lot. And as I told you about the bone sticking out, it is very horror movie. And it, it is like over the top horror movie. Somebody gets cut in half with a chainsaw, but not in the middle, like down the center. So it is and and they show it so it's very very bloody and gross and so if that turns you off already this movie's not for you but if you can handle all three of those things one if you're a fan of the foo fighters i'm sorry if you're a fan of foo fighters two if you are okay with the language and three if you are okay with the goriness and bloodiness of this then you should give it a try. So I'm where, giving where you can big you warners. It? Uh, it's in theaters. It is in theaters right now. Counting on the Foo uh, fans. And I love Foo. I have seen Foo every single tour they've been to St. Louis except one. So I and I'm looking forward for them to coming back again. And every Foo Fighters album has at least one fantastic song on it. And there are, besides the 10 albums they have, they have a whole bunch of EPs. I have a whole bunch of, and I love their disco stuff that they did, the DGs, as in Dave Grohl. And I am a fan of the Foo Fighters, so I am uh, partial to liking this movie. And I didn't mind the language. And I thought that, I, I have this weird thing at horror movies, I laugh. When I see all the gore, because, you know, you know, it's not really realistic because, you know, if it was, you'd be throwing up everywhere. So it, it it's I'm OK with this movie, but I give you I'm giving you my recommendation with a lot of caveats on it. So I this is the first time that they're acting and they're just I mean, the, you've seen their music videos. They're fantastic. So they know how to be on screen. They've done this for a long time. So. I, I'm, I'm giving you fair warning, but I, I enjoyed it. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, um, it is billed as a horror comedy. Uh, so. it's, not, it's really not that funny. It's, it's, we'll see. There are there are some comedic moments in there. I did laugh out loud a couple times. And it's just, just because you have to be a fan of the band to know some of the in jokes. But it's it's good. I, I liked it. But once again, it is not for everyone. Uh-huh. Well, a movie that uh, was award season bait mm-hmm. is now out in theaters. And it's not just at the art houses. It is also at the multiplex. And it's called Cyrano. And what? it takes that 
story from a couple hundred years ago and does it as a musical that's not new they have done this before now hold on a second i've seen trailers for this there's no there's no mention of it being a musical and i and i have the film i just haven't watched it it's beautiful film it's one of the most daring and also most beautiful films of last year i don't know why they decided on this release format but it's now out february 25th so um it only received one oscar nomination for costumes and interestingly it's by the jacqueline duran she did the clothes for spencer ah and uh, she uh, did all the outfits for Roxanne here. And then this other guy, Massimo Perini, did the other costumes. So it is a musical that was on stage in 2018. Aaron and Bryce Dessner from the group The National yeah. did the music. Their lead singer, Matt Berninger, Mm-hmm. wrote the lyrics with his wife, Karen Besser. And so Erica Schmidt mounted this at Off-Broadway in 2018. Peter Dinklage starred as Cyrano de Bergerac and Haley Bennett starred as Ro- Roxanne. But then when they moved to a different theater Off-Broadway, because at first they were at the Good Speed in Connecticut. When they moved to a different theater off Broadway in New York City, Jasmine Cephas Jones played Roxanne. Ah. And Blake Jenner from the Glee Project and Glee, he uh, was Christian. So here we have Peter Dinklage, Haley Bennett, and one of my favorite young Black actors, Calvin Harrison Jr. as Christian, and then the evil Duke del juice del goose but i forget how do you say his name is ben mendelson wow who is awesome as villains as you know and he's just about awesome in anything but he plays the the very spiteful duke that sends the guys into battle because roxanne falls in love with christian and Cyrano secretly loves her unrequited love. And in the hundreds of years that this has been a plot, it's been his face, his giant nose. Yes, like and, yeah, for and Steve Martin did it in Roxanne too. Right, a modern take. There's all sorts of modern takes. There's all sorts of redoing uh Jose Ferrer uh, won an Oscar in 1950. That's probably the most famous one. And then Christopher Plummer played him. And so we have all sorts of great actors that have done this role. But Peter Dinklage, being a little person, uh, they have made Cyrano a dwarf. And therefore, he feels inferior because of that. Not. And, it's, and it's you've left off one of the big things. It's directed by Joe Wright, who can do these period pieces very well. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's what makes this special is because he has a fine arts background. He has a degree in fine art. He makes he frames this like a painting from the Renaissance and all the Baroque period details are just exquisite. This is a beautiful looking film. Uh, he has done a. Uh, tremendous amount of work and his baby mama is Haley Bennett yes so they've been together for three four years now and uh she is luminous as Roxanne and she's a she's a beautiful woman yeah and and Peter Denklage will just break your heart he has those sad eyes and he plays okay so Cyrano is known for his sword play and also his wordplay. He is a poet. And so he uses his words to profess love to Roxanne as Christian. Right. So this is the tangled web that is woven that will lead to tragedy. And uh, this story is a couple hundred years old. So if you don't know it, spoiler alert, you know, it's tragedy. But it's such a beautifully uh, 
done romance and drama. I will say the, the woman who did the play, uh, she did this adaptation for the screen and it's bare bones. It's like how Macbeth was just cut to the chase. Right. This is very stripped down. So there's characters that come and go and you don't well, know it's much. It's still about a little them. more than two hours. So, I mean, it's an you epic know, story. Just, just barely, though. Well, so, our, our I mean, friends, our friends in the Detroit Film Critics Society gave it best picture. Yeah. And that and we did have a couple of votes for Peter Dinklage. But this is what happened with Cyrano with us and other critics groups. It was given to us along with the glut of a zillion other movies and the fact that it wasn't coming out till later, because at first it right. was supposed to come out Christmas Day and then they kept pushing it back. So then it, it didn't draw us like a flame to it because it was one of those every year there's always a movie that kind of falls through the cracks like that movie hostiles with christian bale yeah it was so good that that just it it they bungle the release and the studio push and therefore it's just i thought it would get production design because it's so beautiful well let's talk about the music here the national did the music for come on come on Yes. And uh, they are known. You probably know them better than me. Um, they 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 have they are an alternative band, but they're they're uh, more of a cultish band. I mean, they're famous, but they're not like Foo Fighters famous. <laughs> right. Right. They're more I would say I would compare them to R.E.M. a little bit. Well, not as big, not, as, not as, no big hits, as that. Though. They're more of a cult band. Yeah. They, I right, mean, they don't, they don't have, have a lot of hits. Right. They don't have a lot of hits. They have a lot of great uh, songs, but they don't have what we would call hits. I mean, I wouldn't play. I wouldn't. There are only a couple songs that I would play at a hockey game. Right. Well, they have this song called Sorrow that uh, I saw a production of Romeo and Juliet uh, two weeks ago, and they used Sorrow to out as as the bumper when we were leaving mm -hmm. and one of my fellow critics said oh i really like that song and i said oh let me shazam it and <laughs> and it said sorrow the national and i went oh of course it's the national and it, you know but this actually theme, you know one of their biggest hits is a is them playing behind taylor swift so she likes them so you should like them too Right. Well, they're they're a cool kids band. You know, they're a band yes. that the cool kids like. Yes. So. Uh, oh, you like the national? I understand. There you go. Well, my son Charlie, who used to be this, you know, he's a massive music fan. He knows everything going on in current music. He would be like, if a band got too big, then you know he didn't care for them anymore. But his his big mm -hmm. band that he that he's seen, and after the pandemic, it was like his first band was well not that we're out of the pandemic but you know what i'm saying right started opening up again connor oberst bright eyes yes bright eyes so is, that, bright yeah. eyes is connor right so that's kind of you know so i know if like he talked about the national my other son like then so i know they're the cool kids bands because you know that's the way they rolled but um their songs are about longing and desire and uh, obviously love and yes. connection. And so it's a good score. I don't immediately call to mind, but the delivery of them is like inner monologues. Like they're very intimate type songs and the characters sing them but there's no big production numbers or jazz hands or any of that. It's still bare bones. Even the singing is bare bones. Right. But it's natural. It's natural delivery. And I, it, I, I love this and Kent loved it too. I'm probably, I held back a little bit. I was going to give it an A minus then I went with the B plus because there are some underdeveloped characters and, you know, but as a production of Cyrano, if this is your gateway to Cyrano, it's a good one. And Peter Dinklage and the other actors, the the four, Dinklage, Bennett, Harrison, and Mendelssohn, you can't get better than that. No. I'm I'm I I want to I want to watch it. And the I didn't know it was a musical. I don't know if that 
turns me more on or less on. So I don't know. Maybe I'm the moron. I don't know. Well, it's beautifully uh, period detail is exquisite. All the production elements are just tops. You know how these other movies like Nightmare Alley thing, got all those technical nominations. And here's a movie that is just absolutely gorgeous. Do you think it and, should have got nominated for production design? Yeah. Yeah. And that, and well, you know, my feelings on Nightmare Alley. I mean, I, my, Max you're, I know it, you're not a I, fan. I get it. Well, I appreciate it as what it was trying to do, but it's so horribly bleak and well, brings out the worst in humanity. Well, a lot of our stuff brings out the worst in humanity. But speaking of fun things, uh, Carl, the Critics' Choice Association, which I belong to and so does Max, we have uh, this new award show every year called the Super Awards. Well, well hold, on, hold on a second. Let's just wind this up. Critics' Choice Awards. Uh, has Peter Dinklage's best actor. So, yes. And, and BAFTA has it for best production design, makeup, costumes, and best picture. So, go see Cyrano. All right, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about your, tell me about your supers, which okay. I, I was happy about one thing because Gunpowder Milkshake, which I enjoyed, is nominated, and Karen Gillan's very happy about that. Well, you should also, some of your favorites are also on there. You should, you should see it. So anyway, our Critics Choice Association, we moved our annual awards from mid-January when the COVID uh, Omicron variant was shutting things down mm -hmm. to uh, mid-March, March 13th. So uh, I will not be attending in person this year. But I, I am helping to promote it and uh, will be doing my little social media all evening for it. Well, but you know, like I just mentioned, the BAFTAs is the same night as your Critics' Choice Awards. So they're doing something. They're having a London. Uh, they're having a London studio also to make because some people want to be at both, but they can't be at both because the BAFTAs are, of course, the BAFTAs. And so they're going to have a London uh, uh, studio so that the people that are in London for the BAFTAs will still get to participate in the Critics' Choice Awards. Right. The British Academy Awards, basically. And oh, just a little aside, a little fun fact, Mike Face, who we love so much as Riff in West Side Story, mm -hmm. he is nominated for a BAFTA. He didn't get any love in the U.S., but he and Ariana DeBose are the nominees from West Side Story. So that's awesome to hear. But well, anyway, getting back to the Critics' Choice Association, we started this in 2019 Super Awards. Yes, and, and then uh, didn't have it for a while. 2020. And then we didn't have them last year. So now we're back to it. And it is horror movies science mm -hmm. fiction, fantasy, action movies, and superhero movies. And it's also TV too. Right. So these are the categories that get overlooked for most award shows, time in and time up. And so we're going to have all those Marvel TV shows are in the, the mix for superhero TV, like, you know, and, all and, your favorites. And villains too. Right. And so I was very impressed. Our nominating committee, we didn't vote on this ballot, our nominating committees, they had to come together and make these nominations, which were announced on Tuesday. And you can Google it and find out. But the fact that I know how much you love Gunpowder Milkshake, and when they got nods. I was like, whoa. And Finch got a nod too. Well, also, uh, they have Last Night in Soho as best horror, one of the best horror movies, which, except it's up against uh, Quiet Place Part Two. And right. But and, also, Killian Murphy got mm -hmm. nominated for Quiet Place Part Two because we were so impressed with him in that movie, and he's got no attention. And and then also last night in Soho, both Anya Taylor and uh, Rebecca, Joy, right, and uh, Thomas and McKenzie. Thomas and McKenzie, yeah. 
but it that it that is a best actress in a horror movie is a great great category for that but also movies i love are in best science fiction fantasy movie mitchell's versus the machines free guy um they except they're up against like don't look up and dune and the green knight and swan song so it's it's gonna the you guys have great great uh categories here and I'll, it's very it's gonna be tough to pick these oh i know so i will get to vote on it and and uh, the awards will be announced march 17th which is just four days after our regular awards so that's interesting so they they're coming fast and furious in this I'm, time but we will get our ballot and turn it in and uh i enjoyed voting the last time because uh, it was just interesting categories, but I saw Mitchell's versus the machines and I meant to send that to you because I knew you would be so happy. I am. That that's the only animated show that that was. Uh, oh, good for that. So I just think it's good to acknowledge popular entertainment, because, as you know, Spider-Man No Way Home only got one Oscar nomination and it's for visual effects. And now. Spider-Man is the third highest grossing film of all time. And it has five. It has five super nominations tied with Shang-Chi. I do think that uh, No Time to Die will probably do very well in this. And I think so, too. And so, you know, because it was Daniel Craig's final bond. Well, it has surpassed Avatar now. And it is only third. You're, you're talking. You're talking about. You're talking about Spider Man. Sorry, Spider Man. It's us. Uh, um, the number one film of all time. It remains Avengers Endgame. And no. then followed. I thought by, it was. I thought it was uh, Force Awakens. No, Force Awakens is number number two. two? Okay. And then Spider Man. And Spider-Man announced yesterday that it is coming out on digital March 22nd. And and you will not be able to watch it on Disney Plus because it is not a Disney movie. And I saw some reporting this week. Disney is the top three movies. Uh, No, it doesn't because Sony has number three. Disney does have Marvel and Star Wars, but Disney does not have Spider-Man. That's still a Sony product. Well, they put out a meme to announce this digital uh, release with Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Tom Holland all in their Spider-Man outfits, which I think is cute. So that's the viral meme that's yep. going around. They and did that it. Is why they did and it. They did that thing. I still want to see it in theaters. I'm the only person in America who hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. But to be fair, that was when the whole thing was going on with the COVID and I was Omicron. exposed to COVID and blah, blah, blah. And um, all that. What is out on DVD now that St. Louisans might want to go buy or rent is American Underdog. And the yeah. Blu-ray has all sorts of bells and whistles. We have a lot of featurettes. Does it show Leonard Little as an African-American person? <laughs> no, know. no, it doesn't. I want to see I want to see it again. But I'm actually thinking of buying the DVD because I would like to see all those features. There's like 10 features and and then they have the the trailer. in. It. But I, I would be interested in that. And then, uh, well, some of the lesser known movies of the year uh 355 the kingsman they are also out on dvd i have a feeling this weekend because it's post super bowl pre it's pre whatever we're having crappy weather off and on uh it's going to be a it's going to be a movie weekend anything else bob your cork lately um i went and saw mean girls again and it was great. I enjoyed it very much. Um, I got to see the original Rachel that is touring. And I, I still think the girl that plays Karen is fantastic in in the movie. So if you wanted to go see Mean Girls at the Fox, but even though that's not even your favorite uh, theater thing right now, your favorite theater 
thing was was it stray dog that you said was so oh great? yes good people and you only have three more chances to see it friday oh, thursday friday saturday 8 p.m at the tower grove abbey very intimate space they uh take very good care of their audience their social distancing you have to wear a mask they do not require vaccines but they encourage them however uh, this is a play that was on Broadway in 2011 by the playwright David Lindsay Abair, who won a Pulitzer Prize for Rabbit Hole. And this one is about the haves and the have-nots. And Frances McDormand won a Tony as Margie Wils Walsh. Margie Walsh. She is a South Boston mainstay, and she... Uh, works as a cashier at a dollar store and she gets laid off because she has a disabled daughter and her sitter's often late. So then she's late for work. So anyway, she's hanging by a thread because she's a single mom of a disabled daughter and she's very proud and stubborn. And one of her mouthy friends, they play bingo every weekend. And uh, one of mouthy friends says, Hey, I ran into your old high school boyfriend who's now a doctor Ooh. and maybe you should go um, talk to him about a job. So she shows up at this doctor's office and on Broadway, he was played by Tate Donovan. So he has gotten out of, he's, he's a lace curtain Irish, as they like to say, <laughs> he has gotten out of Southie and he, and his elegant African-American wife who was played on Broadway by Renice Ellis Goldsberry. And uh, they, uh, he doesn't want to remember his roots. He doesn't want to remember where he came from. He has moved on. And uh, this uh, Margie, or Margie, they call her Margaret. And now mm -hmm. instead of Mikey, he's Michael. Uh, she comes back into his life and he's like, oh, Lord. So it's a very interesting play about class and struggle. And because of what's going on in the world, it just makes it more relevant home. And it's a fabulous cast at, at uh, Stray Dog. So I would recommend highly fitting it in. Go to straydogtheater.org. We've had Gary F. Bell, who directed it. Yes. We've had him as a guest before. So, yeah. And then now, also did, did, you, the, did you see this when they did it at the rep in 2013? Yes. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. And I will say, you know how those accents, that South Boston accent's hard to do. Yes, but it this is. Cast nails it. I even thought at the rep, it was a little shaky at first, but they got in the rhythm. But yeah, that was the first year of our St. Louis Theater Circle Awards. And we actually gave the woman playing Jean, our supporting actress that year. So yeah. Elizabeth Ann Townsend. Right. And she, oh, she's a fabulous actress. So theater is in full force in St. Louis. The Black Rep Show Fireflies, which is a two-person show, and it's at the A.E. Hotzner Studio at Washington, not the Edison. It has been selling out. And it's sold out this weekend. There's still tickets for Friday night, but sold out Saturday and Sunday. They've extended the run to March 6th. So if you missed it, everybody is saying, I have not been able to, I wasn't able to get in the first weekend because I had three other shows to go see. And I have been trying to get in to see it and it's been sold out. So I'm hoping I, I get to, finally see but everybody's raving about it and then the rep has stick fly which is another thoughtful production and ron himes of the black rep is actually one of the stars of stick fly but it's not at the rep it's at coca so i would encourage everybody to go to poplifestl.com and see what's happening in theater and you can go to all these websites and it's just fun that everything is back in town oh carl we forgot to mention that if you want to see the Oscar nominated shorts in live action and also in uh, animated, that yes. there are two separate programs now showing at the Plaza Front. And my sister tipped me off to this uh, documentary called The Tinder Swindler. Yeah, it's I've heard on, about it. 
Netflix. And it's about this guy who claimed he was this billionaire playboy, this diamond mogul named Christopher Kumar. And he built three women out of $500,000. Me. But he's making the uh, news rounds now saying, this is not me. This is a horrible portrayal. And I'm really yes. a good guy and trotting out his girlfriend. Well, even OJ had a girlfriend, you know, <laughs> all these people have, have, uh, you know, so anyway, um, it is worth a look because why do really smart people give people money that they like why doesn't anybody question these because he did he did flirt lavish them with gifts he did present himself as this cool guy he's still driving around in a cool car wearing a gucci jacket but he did serve time in prison <laughs> he did serve some time well uh, you can do all that by you know going to Pop Life SEL and you can find out everything that Lynn is talking about. And you can find out about the raffle about the Bon Jovi show. Right. And also, um, are you going to watch Screen Actors Guild on uh, Sunday? Uh, I'm not sure yet. It depends. It depends a lot on the weather. Oh, yeah. yeah that would be. Well, that's one of my favorite award shows. And if you're going to watch, uh, because I like that one, The Independent Spirits, and then I have to watch oscars because you know it's tradition but the oscars are getting a lot of heat now carl because they have cut eight categories from well no they the they have and they haven't i i keep getting into arguments with people about this they're going to film them beforehand and they're going to show edited pieces that are going to bump in and out of commercials so they're just not going to have the it's going to be a condensed version of it. So if they're still going to be included, the people will still be giving their speeches. It just will be condensed. And I, I, it's kind of like what the Tonys do. So I think, I think it will be less horrible as people make it out. I don't, I still don't think it's right because those are a lot of great categories. Music score, score, yeah. production design, right. Editing. Editing is often a foreshadowing of best picture. Right. Well, and sound is usually things that that don't have another chance to win, like Ford versus Ferrari. Remember how mm -hmm. everybody that was a crowd pleasing movie and that one sound. So. So, Lynn, where can we find you? I am in the Webster Kirkwood Times every Friday and uh, online there too. And I'm on KTRS every Thursday with Ray Hartman. And uh, I am also on my own website, poplifestl.com. You can read Alex McPherson's review of Texas Chain Massacre this week. And uh, also, we have this every week, Carl. So, yeah. yeah. And you if you want to see other St. Louis film critics, you can go to stlfilmcritics.org and read all our reviews. And our podcast is posted there too, Carl. And where can we find you? You can find me at underscore Carl the Intern on Twitter and Instagram. And you can hear me Monday through Friday on the Mark Cox Morning Show and Saturdays and Sundays on Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors on 97.1 and KMOX. So I'm everywhere. Uh -huh. Every wow. I'm on the radio seven days a week. You are. You are a busy bee. Also, uh, next weekend, we are going to have, uh, we're going to talk about this, uh, the Jewish Film Festival, St. Louis Jewish Film Festival. And uh, our friends, Joshua Ray and Andrew Wyatt, Wyatt from the Lens Cinema St. Louis and our colleagues in the St. Louis Film Critics, they are going to the True False Festival in Columbia, Missouri, which is a nationally recognized documentary film festival. And that will create the buzz of the latest movies. And I just found out today, one of the families featured in one of the nominated documentaries who was just evacuated from Ukraine. So oh. that's sad. So those documentaries, they just are up to the moment and capture what's going on in this country. Well, good. Everyone have a safe week. Stay uh, 
warm and stay dry. And Free Guy is on Disney Plus. Starting Yay. no, yes. yeah, so, so good. Also nominated. It, also nominated for your Critics Choice Supers, and it's nominated for an Oscar too. Right. Well, I'm just saying, you know, if you if you're going to stay in this weekend, that is a great movie to enjoy. Yes, it and, is. And be happy about. And I'm going to see my sister because she's in town and we're going to go to the sister's sandwich shop. Oh, in Soha. How about that? Love it. So you have, have a, good, have a weekend. good weekend, Carl. Stay safe, try. everybody. Keep off the roads if you can and hunker down. Bye. Bye. Take care.